If you have Bibles on your phones, you might want to get them out. If you want to have physical copies, the hosting team might be able to hand them out to you, signal that. I'm going to read from God's Word, Matthew chapter 5. And it's going to be from verses 1 to 16. And it's the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way... Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Well, good morning. Good morning. My name is Ron. Uh, Can I add my welcome to that of Athies this morning of the Astute? Amongst you will notice that I have changed my shirt from before the service. It wasn't because anyone said a question my sartorial elegance. It was more the fact that I spilt coffee down the front. So I think we had the wrong lids out. So if you've got coffee spilt down your front, I'm very sorry. I apologise. Uh, this week, I heard someone ask a question about church. It asked this question. If your church was removed tomorrow from your neighbourhood, from the community, would anyone notice? Um, I know you guys would notice. You guys notice when I changed the time of coffee. But what about the people in our community? Would they notice? 
Um, I was thinking probably some of the parents as they came to drop their kids off at breakout. Maybe some of the agencies that phone us and uh, refer people to us to help out with food parcels. They would definitely notice. But I wondered, and I wondered about myself. If I was removed from the community, would anyone notice? Thank you, Abby. I thought I might get one or two. How about you? How about you? If you were removed from your family, from your neighbourhood, from your workplace, would anyone notice? What would they miss most about you? 2016 has already lost some very influential people. David Bowie and Prince in music, Harper Lee in literature, Johan Cruyff and Muhammad Ali in sport, and in politics, Nancy Reagan. Come on, we all know that behind every successful man there's this incredibly strong and confident woman. Isn't that right? I thought at least half of you would go yes at that point. As I thought about the amount of influence these people have had, I wondered and I thought, wouldn't it be great if we had that kind of influence for Jesus Christ? And I believe that Jesus is calling us to a life of witness, to being an influence for the kingdom. We're entering a new sermon series about the teachings of Jesus on the Sermon on the, on the Mount this week. And over the next few weeks, we'll have a look at what it means to get angry, what it means to worry, what it means to judge other people, and things like that. In the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, we have that wonderful passage that Jonathan read to us. It's called the Beatitudes. They make up the elements of a Christian life. Do take them away, read them this week. But the next session, section that we're going to deal with over the next few weeks is about a Christian's influence. A Christian that is merciful or meek or is a peacemaker or is pure in heart will have a tremendous influence in the lives of those around them. So we're just going to have a look, particularly this morning, about the metaphors of salt and light. And Jonathan put it quite rightly. Jesus says, you are the salt and you are the light you. Does anyone remember Charlie Brown and Snoopy, the cartoon? Yeah, okay, great. So one cartoon shows Peppermint Patty chatting to Charlie Brown. She says to him, guess what, Charlie? First day of school and I got sent to the principal's office. It was your fault, Charlie Brown. He said, my fault? How could it have been my fault? Why do you say everything is my fault? She said, well, you're my friend, aren't you, Charlie Brown? He said, yes. Well, you should have had a better influence on me then. I wonder if you add salt to your food. Does anyone add salt to their food? Just a little bit. Who adds a little bit of salt? Who, who, who adds on chips? Oh, definitely. Who adds a lot of salt to their food? You guys need to get your cholesterol checked. But the whole issue of salt is in the seasoning. A little bit of salt can season a whole great big pot of soup. It's the influence that we're looking at. And Jesus was this master teacher. He used illustrations that people would be able to relate to. You see, he was very relevant to the people of his day. Thank you. My associate vicar there has managed to get the reference to last week's sermon. Well done. Anyone else get it? Bonus points? No? A wave at the back. Thank you very much. I'll take that. Jesus is saying, let your influence season people's life for the kingdom of God. It only takes 
a little bit of salt to flavour your family, to flavour your community, to flavour your workplace. A little bit of salt. And we deny the salt's function when we fail to mingle with people. It's not about huddling in here. It's about being in here to receive, to be a blessing out there. What we do in here informs that out there. We deny the function of the salt when we fail to be kind, to be merciful, to be peacemakers. We are to be peacemakers where there is trouble, bringers of compassion where there is sorrow, love where there is hatred. If we as salt are not prepared to rub up against those who aren't salty, then who will? Our salt doesn't have to be big and bold, but it should always add value. Salty Christians. Do you know any salty Christians? Do you want to check the person next to you if they're salty? One lick would probably find out. That gets the biggest response. Do you know any Christians who, just by being around them, their mere presence just lifts you up? Their joy, their peace, the patience, their kindness, their love. Do you know any people like that? Where Jesus is really living in you, really reigning in your life, making a difference, transforming you. Sometimes our witness isn't about what we say. Last week we were talking about not being ashamed of the gospel. And we always think about the gospel in terms of what we might say about Jesus, about who he is, about what he's done, about what he continues to do for us. But it can also be about what you do. Before I came here uh, at my previous church, I was met with a uh, husband and wife, a couple one day, who were in absolute tears. Their son had just died in a motorcycle accident. He was 18, right at the start of his wonderful life that was ahead of him. What do you say? How do you preach the gospel in times like that? But it wasn't in what I said. It was merely being with them, standing with them, sitting with them, crying with them. Sometimes it's not in what we say, but it's in what we do, simply just by being there. You can be an influence in someone's life. Don't underestimate the influence that you have on other people's lives. As Christians, we're called to season, to influence the people we come into contact with. If salt never gets poured out of the shaker, then it's no good. I wonder how you can pour yourself out this coming week. Maybe God is speaking to you right now about how you can pour yourself out to someone, a situation this very week, right now. So if salt is our Christian witness, then light is our Christian testimony. The story is told of a man whose job it was to be on the railroad tracks and warn with his light the upcoming train of the bridge, the train of the bridge that had been damaged. That night as the train came, the man showed his lamp, but the train went right into the ditch. The man was taken to court because they wanted to know why the train did not pay attention to this man who was to warn the train of the danger ahead. The man, asked, uh, the man was asked, were you on duty on the night that the train had the accident? The man replied, yes, sir. The judge once again asked, did you have your lamp with you? 
The man replied, yes, sir. The judge asked the last question, did you wave your lamp to the train? The man replied, yes, sir. So the man was not held responsible. Later, as the man went home, he told his friend, boy, am I glad that the judge did not ask me if my lamp was on. Is your lamp on? What does light do? What does light do? It exposes darkness. Darkness is expelled as soon as you hit the light. Sometimes people are not aware of the darkness that they're living in. The question for us this morning is, does my life help people see more clearly? A light serves as a guide. Airport runways use lights to help the planes see where they're going to land. We can also be guides to people who are in darkness. Is your light on? Can people see more clearly? Are they being guided to safety? And we need to be light at all times. Light shines so that people can see because of the light. Our light shines not so that people will be attracted to us because of what we do as a church, but because we want people to see Jesus. Everything we do, everything we do, is to point people towards Jesus. Palestinian homes were generally dark in Jesus' day. Having one small window, they didn't have electric and light bulbs as we do. Their light consisted of a lamp which was filled with oil, which had a wick. When they needed light, the lamp would be placed on a lampstand. The most difficult thing was actually lighting it, because they didn't have matches and they didn't have lighters. As a result, no one wanted their light to go out. It took too much to get the wick lit again. When people went out of the house, of course, it would have been dangerous to leave the light on. So for safety reasons, they put it under uh, a bushel, an earthen vessel. As soon as someone returned, they put the lamp on the stand. And Jesus is saying, our light is to be seen so that we could point people towards the glory of God. There's no such thing as a secret Christian. There are secret millionaires. Anyone? (laughs) Do talk to me afterwards. So let's just be clear about what Jesus is saying. He's saying it's you. Maybe you've seen the National Lottery ads, that great big thumb that comes down. It's pointing to you. You. He didn't say it might be, it could be, it should be, it ought to be, if you wanted it to be. It says you are. We are either bland or we're salt. We're either dark or we're light. When we compromise, when we settle for convenience, when we just get plain comfortable, there should be a fundamental difference between us who claim to follow Jesus and those who don't. Between the church and the world. The Sermon on the Mount is built on the assumption that those who follow Christ are different. It calls us to be different. Perhaps the greatest tragedy in the history of the church is its ability to conform to the prevailing culture and not do what Jesus did to challenge, to turn things upside down. Think about that. 
the next time that you're at the watering hole, whether that's in the workplace or the pub. Think about those snide comments, the racist jokes about immigration, the lurid comments about women, and the put-downs of those that are considered less fortunate than ourselves. You choose to join in, you condone that behaviour, and you lose your saltiness. Some of your light goes out. People will judge you for it, and people most likely will judge the man you follow because of it. You must be what you're called to be. And you're called to be salt and light. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus calls his disciples to exert a double influence on the world, adding flavour and bringing light. Promoting the spread of truth, of beauty, of goodness. God intends us to penetrate the world, carrying with us his grace and his truth. So, will someone please pass me the salt? And will someone else turn the light on? Maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, I'm new here. This doesn't really concern me. Think about who Jesus is talking to. You. The multitudes, the plural. You are light bearers. You are salt. You are salt, Jesus says, so you must retain your saltiness and not lose your Christian tang. Are you salty? And you are light, Jesus says. You must let your light shine and not conceal it in any way. Is your light on? You. And you. And you. Let's pray. Shall we stand? Father God, thank you that you have called us to be salt and light. Thank you that you've called us out of darkness. Thank you that we have everything we need. Thank you that Jesus Christ is all that we need, all of his power, all of his authority rests in us. 
Thank you that we don't do any of that in our own strength. But we have this limitless power through which you will work to transform our lives, the lives of those that we love. Those in our community. Yeah, Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, you just come and you would uh, speak to people right now where they need to be salt and light, where it is that they need to shine for you. The person that needs the witness of your grace and your truth. Maybe God is just speaking to you right now. Perhaps a name comes into mind. Perhaps you have a picture of someone. Hold on to that picture when you go from this place. When you come across them or ring them up. That's who God is calling you to witness to. To be salt and light to right now. alone for I am with you he says I will never leave you and never forsake you Jesus Christ is all the salt and light this world needs and he shines brightly through you just as we sing together Just ask God to come and fill you again with his light, with his grace, with his truth. For your own lives, for your own benefit, for your own blessing. And so that you can be blessed this morning to be a blessing to others.